and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Norman Mitchell. And today, on this lovely Friday, we're going to be talking about Minute 5, which starts with the the fingers falling. They hit the ground. Yeah. The ring hits the ground, and uh, it ends with Isildur ripping it ripping the chain off of his his neck from around his neck yeah um, he gets jumped by some orcs i think that's his buddy that gets jumped by some orcs he like rips it and then he like tumbles off of his horse and then like runs yeah and then his buddy gets taken out by an orc and he's just like oh, 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 oh. yeah <laughs> panic 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 <laughs> um uh, let's see so where do we begin uh well let's talk about the the fingers yeah um it's the more we listen to these commentaries, the more like the scope of all the props. Like, yeah, they talk about um, how they for the the effect of Isildur picking up his finger, Sauron's finger with the ring on it, um, and the finger kind of crumbling to ash and being blown away by the wind. Um, they made a model of this finger out of gunpowder and different kinds of charcoal. Um, so I guess initially the, the finger was supposed to like turn into smoke and like fire and stuff, but they opted instead for like the kind of low key. Just like this crumbly charcoal mass. Right. Blowing away in the breeze. Yeah. Um, which I think is really cool. Um, and we, um, there's, they, uh, is it in the... The writer commentary? There's like four commentaries. I tried to juggle them all. Yes. I think it's the writer commentary. They bring up the fact that, because we talked about this a little in a previous minute, but they were dealing with the enormity of kind of compressing all of Tolkien's mythology into like an eight-minute thing. Yeah, into the prologue. Um, And so they... They did different drafts where it was like Isildur's point of view and like... Or at one point, like, this was being told in retrospect by Frodo. Yeah, like Frodo was supposed to narrate it instead of Galadriel. Or Gandalf. Or Gandalf. Um, And finally they opted to tell the prologue from the ring's point of view. Because the ring, from the get-go, has like a sentience or like a will of its own. And that is illustrated here um, in this minute. Well, I mean, it's basically, the ring is basically Sauron's soul. He poured it into the ring. So all of his powers, his hatred and malice, his cruelty, (laughs) his malice and his will to dominate all life, (laughs) all life, all, all life, even like bugs, even like bugs. Yeah. I mean, orcs love bugs, I guess. Um, a lot of them look like bugs. But I think it's really cool that they this inanimate object, like... And it is very much a character in its own right. It has a theme. Right. It, it has ways that it affects the plot that are very much active. Yeah. It's not like a passive bobble that gets right. taught. Like, I mean, it does more than most Disney princesses. Aww. Aww. But it's kind of like... I mean, I'm coming from, like... I've I've been 
eating, breathing, sleeping Doctor Who for like ever now. And it, right. it's pretty much like the TARDIS or like um, like the DeLorean. Or it, like, it kind of becomes its own character. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 it is very much. And I think it's cool that it it kind of it, it's able to influence people yeah. and bend them to its will. So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have legs, but other people have legs and yeah. it can use them. Um, there, there's another little thing about the ring uh, that I think is really interesting. Um, and I'm, I feel fine bringing this up now because uh, otherwise we wouldn't be talking about this for uh, a thousand episodes almost. Shut up. Oh, um, my God. And it's something that I never really like thought about a whole lot before, but I think it's an interesting thing. These movies are kind of bookended by an event, which is the person wearing the ring loses their finger when they lose the ring. Sauron loses his finger. The first person you see wearing the ring and the last person you see wearing the ring both lose their finger and the ring falls down. But Gollum doesn't lose his finger. He's not the last person you see wearing the ring. Frodo is. He bites off Frodo's ring finger. Right. But Gollum doesn't lose a finger. No. But Gollum's not the last person you see wearing I the ring. I guess so. No, I understand your point. I'm just like, mm. um, Yeah. The first person you see wearing the ring and the last person you see wearing the ring lose the finger the ring is on. That's kind of interesting. It's like symbolic. Yeah. That like you lose a part of yourself and it To gets, the ring, yeah. Yeah, it gets sucked into this yeah. ring, this little gold thing. And it, it, I mean, Gollum lost his everything. identity. Yeah, he lost and everything in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> ah, so happy. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> um, it's also speaking of the ring. Like they, they mentioned that it's it's made by this famous Swedish goldsmith, um. Eens Hansen? Eens Hansen. And his first name is spelled J-E-N-S, but I guess it's pronounced Eens. Um, it's very Swedish. No, like, Scandinavian languages. Yeah. Um, and initially he was like, ah, oh, don't work on fantasy stuff, that's weird. And then he, I guess he called the, um, he called uh, Weta back, or Peter Jackson back, um, the night like that night, and he was just like, "Oh, I just talked to my my kids, and they're giving me a hard time for not accepting this." Like, which, I, didn't, I didn't realize this was such a big deal. Yeah, like, yeah I'll do it. I'll do it. Which seems to be like such like a theme. Right. Like, like some of the bigger names that worked on the movie hadn't read the book before working on it. Right. And then they're like, "Uh, pass." And then like. Their kids or their relatives like give them crap about not right like like Viggo Mortensen like his right. kids giving him crap about like not necessarily wanting to do the movie and then you're like okay yeah sure mm-hmm. um and the guy that plays Isildur is a personal friend of uh, of people that made this movie and he wasn't necessarily connected to it to start with either they right. they approached him to play Isildur he's another director from New Zealand I think. Yes. Harry Sinclair. Huh. He apparently worked on the reboot of 90210. Weird. <laughs> um, but he's a director, actor, writer, friend of um, Peter Jackson's. Uh, Philip Boyens takes a, takes a little stab at him. He's saying that when Peter and Fran were talking about who they wanted to play Isildur, they wanted to use the most corruptible, venal person they knew. <laughs> so Harry came to mind. Yeah. That's so funny. 
savage, dude. Yeah, um, savage. Yeah, I don't really recognize any of these other things except for like the 90210 reboot. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're probably just local release yeah, New Zealand yeah. films. But that's cool. Like, it really is like a like a, a labor of love for them. Like, you could tell. Yeah. Like, they're just pulling in people that they know. And they're like, oh, we need you to reshoot this. Or, you yeah. Know. And it's it's cool. Like, as we get further into the movie with, like, especially listening to the the cast talk about their experiences like it really was kind of like going away to summer camp for 18 months just yeah. like like um <laughs> they're but, the only people they interacted with for a year right, and a half which either like you hate them at the end or you love them and like luckily they all seem to really right. enjoy each other's company right. especially john reese davies yeah. Every, everybody loved no, john you can't not love john reese davies he's like this big jolly man yeah um, um, playing a much smaller man, right? Which I think is we'll get yeah we'll get there we'll get there, um because he doesn't show up till like an hour and thirty minutes in. Oh oh boy, which is crazy to me because like it's called the Fellowship of the Ring, but and it literally takes forever. And I know the book takes is, half the movie. The book is like that too, but um, it's I don't know. You couldn't get away with this now. I don't think. I mean, maybe. I mean, but Lord of the is, Rings kind of changed the way the movies were put together for right. a little while. Um, it really impacted um, the way movies were marketed and made, and like the yeah. fan, like the the re, like the rebirth of the fantasy genre. Because like yeah. Harry Potter came out like six months before Fellowship did, like um, the first or Harry a Potter year. Movie. Yeah, what, was the first Harry Potter was a Christmas release, wasn't it? It was. It was in a, in the fall. Um, yeah, it was like a September October yeah, yeah, release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and felt so. The first time I saw a trailer for Fellowship of the Ring was when I went and saw Harry Potter Sorcerer's Stone. Actually, really, it was the first trailer I saw. That's cool. Um, and it was the it was the first trailer they showed, like the teaser trailer. Yeah, yeah. It was the very first trailer they showed when I went and saw Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. And it was like a two and a half minute trailer, and it was the battle scene from the prologue and some voiceover, and that was it. Interesting. Like, that was the trailer for Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. It didn't show any of the main actors. Right. And then it was just, like, the title card. It was yeah. just, like, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Woo! Yeah. Fanfare. Because this came out in 2001. Yeah. And Harry Potter came out in 2000. Because I was in sixth grade. I'm dating myself right now. But yeah. I was I was in sixth I mean, grade. I, I saw it on a school trip. My, my yeah. whole school went and saw it. We bought out right. the theater and the whole school went. But like between Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings coming out, pretty much back to back, like and then Pirates, and then well, Pirates Which is a was fantasy. A, movie. Pirates was a little later. Pirates was 03. Yeah. Um, but that kind of really revitalized like the fantasy yeah. genre, and and without the success of like these fantasy stories and these like big epic things, the comic book movies probably never would have got big. Right. Then. Yeah. It kind of, especially geek culture, just like. Snowballed from Harry Potter yeah. in the mainstream, especially because of like the like the building of a universe in, like, especially yeah. like the Marvel universe. Like, I would say that Lord of the Rings is directly responsible for that because it's, oh, the success of the MCU. Because there's so many characters juggling around and like you're establishing so much. Well, yeah, Lord of the Rings proved that people can get invested in in ten characters across a three hour movie, right? And like stay with them across twelve hours of footage, right? Like. It's impressive to really like when you really break it down and think about the way movies were done before that. 
it, it's amazing to be like, oh, we're not going to introduce the entire cast until halfway through. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a lot of time to get invested in these characters. And then in the same amount of time it took to meet them, by the end of this movie, they're going to be shattered and broken and everything's going to change. Right. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, it's really cool. So halfway through this minute is our first um, extended edition scene, right? Yeah, uh, the the scene with Isildur by the river is... An extended scene. It's yeah. deleted. It it's wasn't like, in the theatrical cut. It's like a minute long, right? It, it's about, it goes from halfway through this minute till so halfway through, halfway the, next through one. the next one. Um, because in the theatrical cut, we jump from Isildur picking up the ring and, and Sauron's finger and it crumbling to dust to the scene of him like on the horse and it just shows him with the ring around his neck. Right. And then from there, it just cuts directly to the hand picking the ring up out of the dirt in the water. Right. Which is Gollum. Gollum. And there's a car alarm going Wait, off. Yeah. Hi, car alarm. Good job. Um, so, there we go. Um, oh, another thing that I... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> another thing that I thought was really cool about... Should we just... Okay. 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 We're good. Um, so another thing that I thought was really cool about this minute in particular is when... When Isildur cuts the ring off of Sauron's hand, and he kind of pockets the ring, and there's that scene where Sauron kind of implodes, like yeah, they talk about where the sound comes from. Yeah, for this like scene. the um the the sound effect, um, which is cool because a lot of these Foley guys like had to like nothing like this movie had ever been done before, right? So they had to make like their own effect, like what. Peter Jackson wanted it to sound like. And he had a very specific, he was very, um, like, specific about the sound effects they used. He wanted, like, bent metal and rivets popping for, like, Sauron exploding. I mean, it's... It's armor. It's a big armor. And it's got to sound big. Right. Um, So these Foley guys went out to a shipyard, and they recorded these ships kind of swaying in the water and rocking. And rubbing um, up against each other in the dock yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and, like, bit. grinding. Um, they also mentioned, like, some World, World War II, II airplanes. Like, helicopters yeah. and stuff. Um, which I think is, like, interesting, like, an interesting kind of nod to Tolkien's, like, life. I know yeah. he served in World War One. Yeah. But uh, and then we get that, after the explosion, you see, like, 40,000 digital soldiers all just, just like, get knocked on their fall. behinds. Yeah, just, like, eat the dirt. <laughs> and then you get that really kind of iconic moment, which I know they used in trailers of Sauron's helmet just like falling, falling. Right. Um, and it, it looks like it has so much weight. It's a right. really cool little moment with the smoke coming out from between the like the, the eyes, the, the eyes and the thin, long pieces of the face mask. Yeah. Just little wisps of smoke coming out of this like really intimidating helmet. And the scene where they like come over the back of Sauron and look at all the guys that are like kind of. Backing up from him, yeah, and then he starts swinging his mace, well, and people fly. Yesterday, it's it, but it's good. No, it is good. Um, but Sauron's explosion's great. Yeah, I like that they. He kind of goes out. It like the energy kind of spills out, and then it gets sucked back in. It, it's it's like uh, it's like a black hole almost. Yeah, and then when all of that compression releases, just. Everyone gets knocked out. So, okay. So is Sauron at this point, like, like Voldemort, like, 
seven Horcruxes in Voldemort. Like the, the ring is ba- okay. The yes. ring is the like ring is kind of like a Horcrux. Right? I mean, yes. we talked a little bit about souls yesterday. Yeah, his his soul is essentially because in the I don't know about you, but losing my hand would not kill me instantly. Right, it it's being separated from the ring. Right, okay. and because he's been attached to it for so long, and it's part of himself. Yeah, it, it kind of like Gollum. Without the ring, Gollum like deteriorates and right. goes completely nuts. Yeah. Um, he even, he withers away further. Uh, we see this with Bilbo too. Without the ring, after mm-hmm. he's had it for so long, he ages up to where yeah. he is. It's like a life without it. It's like a weird, twisted life support. Yeah. Okay. Um. Also, because um, it is a really cool effect, but like thinking about it in depth, it's like okay, well, this, this guy just lost his fingers. Like. Right. Ooh. <laughs> um. And uh, Sauron also explodes in white light mm-hmm. because, because he's, he's a divine angel, being. Right? He's essentially an angel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's him and him and Gandalf are the same thing. Yeah, him and Saruman and Gandalf and um, I don't know if there. I don't think there's any other Maiar in the main story that we're gonna that we see in the movie. Well, Radagast, right? Right, but he's he's not in this movie. Right, right, right. Uh, even though it's kind of amazing that he's not given all the things Peter put in. Yeah. Uh, because he does. Gandalf does meet with Radagast on his way to Saruman in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, we have the. The library. But instead we have the library thing, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's kind of amazing that Radagast isn't in this movie when you think of all the things that right. Peter put in. Well, there's a, there's a lot to juggle anyway. Yeah. Um, um, I'm trying to think. Is there much else to talk about here? Um, so is... Um, what's Morgoth? Is he, he's like an angel too, right? So... No, Morgoth is like... Uh, an archangel? Like a god almost. Okay. So like there's like... There's like God, God. Um, yeah. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Alwi. It's Alwi. 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 Yeah. A L W E. A L W E with the dots over it. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, fun fact: Middle Earth isn't the name of the planet. It's called Arda. Well, so. I always figured Middle Earth was like the region, like the yeah. continent. Yeah, basically. Um, but a lot of uh, like. I, for the longest time, until I read, like, Silmarillion and other stuff, thought that Middle-earth was, like, the name of this whole place. Oh. Uh, but the world is called Arda. Mm. A-R-D-A. So, like, Alwi is, like, the creator god. He, yeah, like, yeah. He, like, made everything, and then he's mostly hands-off. And then there's the, the Valar, which then made the Mire. Okay. And then the Mire went out and did other things, and they're their so servants. The, so Morgoth is a Valar. Is a Valar. Okay. Um, and Morgoth is... Um, a Balrog of Morgoth. Right. Morgoth is uh, Sauron's uh, master dude. Oh, there there is one other Maiar in this story in in this movie, because Balrogs are corrupted Maiar. Oh. So a Balrog at full power is in theory that's as powerful, powerful as Sauron. That's crazy. Um, so that's a thing. Yeah. Um, and the the, the Balrog that's in this movie is right. possibly we, mentioned in a Silmarillion we, story. We can talk about but it, but we don't know for sure. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so, so the Maya are like angels and then the Valar are like, more like gods. Right. They're the ones that, the, the Valar are the ones that created the races of Middle Earth. So like the Valar made the elves first. Right. And then and they then made men, men. And then they made dwarves. And, well, one Valar made dwarves without any of the other ones knowing. <laughs> and they were like, and, dude. And he gave them, made... <laughs> what is this? He made he made dwarves. It's like that meme, like behold, I have created dwarves, and it's like you effed up a perfectly good elf, is what you did. <laughs> right. Now that's what Morgoth did. Morgoth is the one that made the orcs. Right. 
uh, by corrupting elves. Interesting. Um, in the Fortress of Angban, which gets mentioned a bunch. Uh, it gets mentioned a bunch here and there. You, I think you hear the word Angban three or four times across the trilogy. I think so. Um, and you see it in the Hobbit trilogy. Right. Um, but yeah. I think that's So it. there's there's some Silmarillion background. Yeah. Uh, the we're, Valar and the Maiar. Because we're... we're... Because, like, these first five minutes are basically, like... Here's all the Silmarillion. Here's, here's, here's all the... Well, yeah. no, it's not even close. Well, no, I know. But it's, like, it's, uh, here's the, the little bit of history near the end of the Silmarillion that that's relevant to That you absolutely need to know. Yeah, uh, because the Silmarillion is uh, 10,000 years of history. Yeah. Um, across all kinds Honestly, of stuff. Honestly, I'm not surprised that they were, like, flabbergasted. I have no, I have no idea how to pronounce the name of the valor that created the dwarves. It just occurs to me. I just, I've always just like looked at it in the text and just and like gone like, huh, by. Neat. Okay. <laughs> Cause it, it's A U L E. A U L E. Like all old. I don't know how you're supposed to. You know what we need to do? We need to get Stephen Colbert on here and he can school <laughs> exactly. you on his Lord everything, of the Rings. Everything. <laughs> everything. Stephen Colbert, we want you on the podcast. Yes, absolutely. Um, that would be amazing. I think that wraps up minute five. That wraps up minute five. Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert. Call me. No. Hashtag Stephen Colbert. <laughs> I, um, I want we should tag him on Twitter and see what happens. I I would lose my mind. We should do it. I would lose <laughs> my mind. I wouldn't be able to have a conversation with him because I'd be too busy losing my goddamn mind that we got Stephen Colbert. Anyway, um if your name is Stephen Colbert or if you're listening to this. Um, you can you can check us out at toolinggenre.com. Um, contact at lordoftheringsminute.com. Uh, tweet us at L-O-T-R Minute. Uh, we're on Tumblr, lotrminute.tumblr.com. Um, check us out on Facebook. Please uh, leave a review on iTunes. We finished our first week, yeah. which is exciting. It is. Um, it's kind of like a tiny milestone in the vast <laughs> sea of minutes we have yet to come. In the in the sixty weeks, we'll do. Shh, quiet, quiet, you. Um, so, the biggest way you could help us out is to definitely um, leave a review on iTunes. It takes like two minutes, if that. Um, so, if you like us, um, please spread the word. Um, we would love you forever, and maybe I'll make you cookies. Um, we, I also co-host with my friends, Scott and Nick, um, the doctor's companion, which we talk about Dr. Who, um, Scott and Nick do back to the future minute, which is a lot of fun. They're on hiatus, but if you want to go back, they have a ton of episodes to listen to. Um, I also work on uh, geek by night, which is a, like an audio drama podcast about, uh, these 20 somethings. Who uh, own a comic book shop and get superpowers? Um, so That's it's them. awesome. Thank you. Um, and we're also on Patreon. Um, and if uh, one like PayPal's more your style, we have a, a donation button on the site as well as some merch. Um, and uh, yeah, so thank you very much for sticking with us for this first week. Um, hopefully, there will be less tangents in the future. Unless you guys like tangents, then we'll. Tangent it up. I think it'll be pretty hard to avoid tangents. Yeah. There's just so much material. Knowing, knowing you. And then I just kind of bounce off of it. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. And we will uh, talk to you again Monday. Um, and special thanks and a shout out to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182.
Bye. Bye.